station, but we're here for a real education. Dee dee dee, Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by uh, my co-host, movie superhero, <laughs> Melissa Kersher. Hello. And, and movie, I don't know, sidekick? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, movie sidekick. Minion. Movie minion, yes. Jenny Young. Yay, that's And uh, we are here <laughs> once again to talk about a movie that Jenna hasn't seen. Surprise. Um, last time, I think we talked about a movie that Jenna hadn't seen, but she wasn't here. So wasn't here. she's here now. Mm-hmm. And we can finally talk about the movie we've been claiming we were going to do for the last two episodes, which is Man on Wire. Yay! So, Yay! As always, we need to start with Jenna telling us what she knows about the film Man on Wire. Jack shit. Jack shit. Awesome. Uh, there might be a guy named Jack in this movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How about, uh, <laughs> how about uh, any speculation? Anything... That you think might be true. I think it's about tightrope walking. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Is that a shot in the dark? You think Total shot in the dark. Okay. Yeah, something about the title just tells yeah. you that. Yeah. It tells yeah. you tightrope yeah, walking. Okay. 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 Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So this film is going to be the first time we've watched a documentary. Oh. So that's, that's pretty exciting. We're moving into a different genre. Of film, uh, I believe was this the uh, it was nominated for an Oscar. I can't remember it won. It won the Academy Award. Mm-hmm. So this oh. is an Academy Award winning documentary. So it's a good documentary. It's a very good documentary. It is a very very good documentary. Uh, and as is, a matter of fact, if you look on RottenTomatoes.com and look at the top documentaries, this is the top rated documentary of all time. Ooh. Which on. It's more current yeah. in that. In what that, about the, like I, this is Final Tap? That's a documentary, right? That no, it isn't. is not. <laughs> it is not. But it is an awesome movie, and if you hadn't seen it, it would be on our list. I have seen uh, it. I know, which is sad because yeah. we should we should follow this up with a mockumentary. We'll have to figure out. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll, 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 we'll have it figured out by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. We'll have something. So anyway, uh, and I I don't want to give away too much about this movie. I think it's important to note. Uh, before we start to watch it, that this movie came out after 9-11. Yes. Oh. A couple years after. A couple years oh. after 9-11. Yeah. And, and but, you, but still fairly recently after Yeah, so 9/11. well, very, very fresh in the memory of people would have been the, the events of 9-11, okay. which will be important when you watch the film. You'll be like, oh, within about the first, I'm going to guess, five seconds, you're going to know why yeah. <laughs> that's important. Well, so uh, I am going to point out to our listeners: if you're going, oh my gosh, I don't, I've never seen Man on Wire, and uh, they're going to talk about it. And spoilers: uh, it is streaming uh, mm-hmm. on Hulu, I believe Hulu and Netflix. But the point is, yeah. easy, easy to access. So if you're like, well, I really want to watch this movie before I hear them talk about it, it is oh, out yeah. there, easy to find. Mm-hmm. What else should we say about this, Melissa? Because I, I fear that that much. Um. There's a lot of spoiler territory. Yeah, I think going in cold is really good uh, Mm -hmm. on this one. Um, I will say, in terms of documentary, this is a fairly straightforward documentary. Um, It doesn't, you know, question reality or anything like that, like some fairly avant-garde films that also count as documentaries. This is this is a straight-up documentary. It's got a story to tell. A very narrow, very 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 narrow focus. Very narrow focus. It's. and it, and it just tells that story. And it tells it very, very well, which is why it is held in high regard. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be back after watching Man on Wire. I hope you'll stick with us. Bye.
And we are back. We have just finished watching Man on Wire, as we said we were going to do at the outset of this podcast. <laughs> finally, finally, we managed to see Man on Wire. We do nothing if not keeping our word. I will point out that Jenna, knowing nothing about the film, managed to get the part about tightrope walking yes. absolutely correct. Yay, uh-huh. win! It, uh, pretty it's much, like it was inherent in the title. It's all about tightrope walking. <laughs> Yet it's about so much more. And yet it's about so much more. So, Jenna, your first time watching Man on Wire. Please tell us your thoughts. That man's insane. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he's sane for a Frenchman, but <laughs> man, like that. Wow. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. 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 Yeah, it looks it looks bad enough when he goes between the towers of Notre Dame. Right. Yeah. But then when he uh, he decides to uh, walk between the World Trade Center towers, you're like, okay, that's that's a kind of crazy. I hope I never catch. Yeah. Because I uh, well, you know, he, he he did it. He's still alive. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's so. the one thing that was. I, I guess I not, I don't know if it was good or bad, but I mean I knew he survived it the entire way through because there he was talking about it. So like I knew mm-hmm. he didn't die, um, but you know it's the whole the way they built the tension of did he actually get to do it? Didn't he up until that moment where he actually did it? We don't know. Unless you unless you remember unless you remember 1974, which sadly I do. Uh, and pictures of, of him walking between the two towers. So. Yeah, not me. I had no idea. I didn't know this was a thing at all. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, and it, it is built exactly like a heist movie, which is yeah. something I really love about this movie. Is you know, It's a simple story, but they decide to structure it like a heist film and direct yeah. it like a heist film. And... Um, even if you do know ultimately what it was about, there's this tension of, good God, how did they do it? You know, you, yeah. you haul a ton of equipment up there, a huge amount of cable, very heavy amount of cable, and the the way they they got everything, you know, shoot an arrow and then you trail the you know a small string and then a larger string and then a rope and you know all this work went into the engineering of this. Yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty amazing thing, yeah. To do to do all that work, knowing that, you know, you're gonna get arrested. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, after you achieve it. Yeah. Because yeah. the worst thing in the world is you're gonna get caught in all that work you did. Mm-hmm. Is gonna I go for not. The worst thing in the world would be, you know, plummeting your death. But well, the second yeah, worst. Yeah, we already know he didn't do be. that. I think um, it's interesting <laughs> in films like this uh, how well-directed movies can kind of create a sense of suspense. You know, Apollo 13 is a fine example of a movie where you know how it ends. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, not everybody who watched the film knew how it ended, but mm-hmm. but most people know the history and know how it ends, and yet it still manages to maintain a high level of tension sure. because it's structured well. And this film, too, is structured well. I mean, even though they're interviewing the guy... That walked on the wire. Mm-hmm. They maintain a high level of, of tension. So even if you knew, you know, obviously Jenna didn't know, but but for those of us that do know, when you it's your first time watching that film, there's still this huge amount of well, is it going to work? How's it, you know, maybe maybe what we're watching is a failed attempt, and then there's going to be a successful attempt later. We don't know anything. Mm-hmm. It, it really does a great job of pulling you in 
to a story you already know, uh, or at least in my case, a story that sure. I already knew, and getting you involved in the story once again. Because now, instead of just seeing a newspaper headline and a picture of a dude standing on a, a wire, you're seeing the people that are doing it and really beginning to understand that it was more complicated than just walking on a wire between two towers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's so much more that goes into it. A uh, lot of, lot of complete insanity. Oh yeah. Oh my. Um, and I love how the the film wraps you up in the people involved. I mean, it's driven by the passion of Philippe Petit, mm-hmm. but also you get involved in the 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 other characters i mean you've got the the musician guy and the, the pot smoker yeah the, oh, yeah, the, <laughs> the pot smoker yeah, yeah i was probably the, high because i got high every day for 35 years yeah. <laughs> i love that yeah lot. and the That's, and the woman wow and uh oh, it, I, and i love the moments near the end where you see that they're all kind of scarred by this experience in in a way i mean they, they it's it's something amazing that they accomplished but you can tell it was actually also very harrowing to be part of this and emotionally heist. damaging yeah. yeah and and the you get sort of this this feeling you know certainly the two main friends they you you kind of get the feeling that their friendship never didn't survive the experience no. like that yeah. was like they reached this pinnacle of what they could do together, and there wasn't really anywhere else for the two of them to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the relationship ends uh, yeah. between Annie and Philippe. It, it, it is a there. There is an emotional. There, there's a psychological. There's psychological damage that all of them seem to suffer. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is kind of fascinating. Now, I mean, the other fascinating thing about this film, it, it came out in two thousand eight. Yep. Uh, it came out after the trade tower, the towers were destroyed, and you have to. Even though the film never says it, mm-hmm. it never, ever, ever says that they decided to make this movie because of what happened in two thousand one. It it seems like it was a deliberate choice. Like, well, well, it was because I've mm-hmm. I've seen interviews by the director, but. Um, it, it almost has to be a deliberate choice, you know, given when it was made. Now, there there is another documentary about the same incident. It was, I think it's called Highwire. It's a short documentary. It was made back in 1986. But there's this film making, making it after the trade centers and not ever once mentioning what happens to them seems like an extremely deliberate choice. Yeah, it's amazing because you expect them at the end of the movie to say, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. that these buildings are no longer there? And they don't do that. Instead, they show like a, a place where Philippe has autographed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the World Trade Center. And you can't help but think, that's gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, that in And... and, and the, I mean, I know the filmmakers really wanted to make this movie to kind of make it part of a healing experience for, for New York City. And by not mentioning how the towers met their end, 
really puts a focus on the fact that the movie very deliberately wants to be about this beautiful, wonderful thing. Sure. Or, or you know, crazy, weird, strange thing and have it be a positive experience watching this film and not have that moment of sadness at the end. Mm-hmm. Every time there was a plane in the movie, though, yeah. I just went, ah. Oh. I know, right? Yeah, like there's uh, there's even the picture with him lying on the, the wire, wire, and there's, there's an airplane above him. him, and honestly, that yeah. that's a sobering picture. Yeah, and I again maybe very deliberately chosen. They didn't they didn't have to choose that picture. There were plenty of pictures with him on the wire, shot from yeah. the ground, and and they it feels like they deliberately chose that picture of him with an airplane. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, and maybe it's just that. Having well, I don't think that's one of those things that you can oops. Like, yeah. No, but maybe they didn't pick it to... For whatever reason. Well, well, it's a remarkable photo just from a timing standpoint. It's like, ooh, they caught the guy on the wire and the airplane. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's that sense of scale. And, you know, and yet there is, yeah. when you see a picture of the Trade Center Towers and a picture of an airplane, yep. in, yep. in the same picture... There's an association that I think is inescapable. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what the film is trying to do, or at least a little bit of what the film is doing, is saying, let's remember some of the cool things. Yeah. You know, know, provide... Right, that that positive. You know, there's the negative of watching the towers burn and fall, and then there's the positive of what happened while the towers were there. Well, I mean, we're we're so steeped in the the end point of the towers now that mm-hmm. I think we all stopped remembering that they were kind of this awesome, wonderful thing when they were built. I mean, right? Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I remember as a kid, I I was at the top of the trade towers once, and it's it was an astounding experience. I mean, they're I mean, they weren't the most gorgeous pieces of architecture in the world, but they were pretty astounding man-made mm-hmm. works. Sure. I mean, they're, the the engineering that went into them just to, you know, make them stand up was pretty yeah. astounding for that day. So, we should talk, I mean, this is our first documentary, and I don't yeah. know if yeah. we want to talk, uh, you know, the documentary filming is, I mean, it's as old as films, it, films themselves well yeah yeah Um, i mean some of the first subjects filmed were just taking a camera out into the desert of egypt or you know to paris and just showing you know rather than a photograph of a of a distant place a moving photograph mm -hmm. of a distant place and it's um you know just documenting the way the world is and it's one of the the least I don't know if I want a sexy uh, film uh, genres for well, for a lot of people. It it, it has, yeah. you know, it, it it's remarkable. You know, the great thing about Netflix and Hulu and these other these other streaming uh, these other streaming services is if you want to watch really good documentaries, you can find almost all of them on. Netflix and Hulu, mm-hmm. as opposed to standard studio films. Uh, most docu- if you wanted to look at a list of Oscar-winning best best documentary films, you could yeah. probably find 
better than better than two thirds of them. Well, I, if I remember it, this year uh, before the Oscars, um, I was able to get four of the five Oscar-nominated documentaries just on Netflix mm-hmm. and, and watch them before the Oscars ceremony. I mean, the, the streaming services have been just a godsend to documentary. Yeah. Film. And, but it but it is unfortunate in that even so most people tend to not watch them which well, is well yeah i think I mean, there's this kind of perception that documentary filmmaking is kind of this separate another thing because i mean you're not making up something from whole cloth i mean you're you're not making up the story and you're not making up this and you're not making up that but you're taking pieces of something that already exists and then tying it together into a narrative mm-hmm. which actually has it its own its own challenges of course i mean doc- documentary filmmaking is different from regular narrative filmmaking but it's no less of a challenge i and and there's a lot you can do with documentary film and <laughs> i mean like when i said in our introduction this is a fairly straightforward documentary you can get into some really interesting artistic territory. And there, there are documentaries out there. There's one, uh, Startup.com, mm-hmm. which is extraordinary because it's this documentary where all they were doing was making a film about a startup uh, internet service during, mm-hmm. the, during the beginning of the internet bubble. And then that bubble bursts in the middle of the film, and it becomes... A completely different movie than, yep. the, than the film they set out to make, which yep. is one of the things that documentaries can do, I think, better than just about anything else. Is is you'll you'll be watching this film that is clear the filmmaker thought was about one thing, mm-hmm. and then circumstance changes it into a movie about something completely different, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's something about the. There's a film called Dear Zachary, which is exactly about that. That's the most lightning-in-a-bottle documentary I've ever seen. That they they set out with one project, and all of a sudden something happens in the middle, and it's completely another thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spoil it, because that might be one that we want to and do in this podcast. But even beyond that, um, you can get into stuff like Errol Morris's... Um, thin blue line where you start questioning the nature of reality it, it starts out as kind of your standard documentary but then uh, the director starts weaving in conflicting storylines from different people because they're mm. remembering reality in a different way sure and it it, it becomes a very prismatic look at the truth or you get something like um Man with a Movie Camera by Ziga Veritov, which is this very early Russian documentary where this guy just goes out into the streets of Moscow with a movie camera. And he's taking all these just random shots of street life and starts tailoring together them together, not in a narrative, but kind of in this visual, rhythmic... It, almost like a music video, but it, it it was a silent film, so there's no music to go with it. It's and it's all just about the visuals and the rhythm of the visuals, and yet it's documentary filmmaking because it's a document of what life was in Russia at the time. Okay. Yeah, 
the the thing that I find fascinating about docu- documentaries, so many of them are produced over a, a much longer time frame than uh, standard filmmaking. You know, standard yeah. filmmaking and maybe a six to eight week shooting schedule. Some of these documentaries, the the filmmakers will be working on them for years. Well, the the king of that one is the Seven Up series, which is yeah. a series of films which started in 1963 with 14 seven-year-old kids. They made a, I think it was an hour-long documentary about these seven-year-old kids. And then every seven years, they come back and make a new movie with the exact same people. Wow. And document how their lives have been going and the project grows and grows, and they're now six, 56 years old. And every seven years, they, it, there's a new documentary wow. with the same subjects. And it is amazing. And yes, I've seen every single one of them, and it took me a long time to get through them, because they're now topping out at like two and a half hours each time they come back. But they're amazing. They're just amazing. Those are, those are, are those streaming? Yes, they yeah. are. They are so anybody oh, actually, I don't know if they're in Netflix right now. They come and go off of Netflix. Yeah, that's that's the problem with a lot of films. But yeah, I think, I think Fifty Six Up is on Netflix right now. But really, you to I mean, you for that series, you really want to start with the beginning of the series. You you do, but if you only wanted to see Fifty Six Up, um, they. They do tie in the previous films. They they bring all the footage forward. So if you just watch 56 Up, you will be able to follow who the people are and follow what has happened in their lives because they start with... They always start with the black and white footage that they first shot and kind of, you know, flow through, huh. you know, the the stages <clears throat> of their lives until you get to the present point. Wow. Yeah. And it, it's, it's amazing. Still want to start at the beginning. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, you kind of do, but you, you can certainly, you can get the feeling of the flow of everything. This isn't Doctor Who, all right? You can't yeah. start with the new series. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, that's Who true, that's is, true. It's not a documentary. Or is it? Oh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but uh. um, circling back to Man on Wire, circling back to the, the thing about it is, the nice thing that documentaries can do is tell you a story of something that's really happened. Mm-hmm. And and remind you that reality that that the world we live in can uh, at times be as fascinating as the fictional world that that many filmmakers focus on, uh, or or indeed even stranger as even some stranger as some documentaries have shown. Like if if it wasn't a documentary, you wouldn't believe it happened. Yeah, yeah. And and this this is kind of. I can see how Hollywood could turn this into a you know a heist film. I think I think Robert um, Zemeckis is, has optioned it. And I think they're looking at making a movie out of it. At last, I heard. And I would go see that film, and yet at the same time, I think there's a great deal more fascination in watching what really these people that were involved in it uh, giving you the story. Yeah. You know, even though it's yeah. reenacted, there is dramatization in this film, which Wait, is what is, is common. <laughs> it's common for yeah. for documentaries to do that is to do a reenactment of events if there isn't film footage or yeah photographs or anything like that. Yeah. But um, it's a really just a I think a tightly made film. Man yeah, wire. it's very well um, done. 
So, you know, we're uh, getting up to the end of our conversation about this film, so I guess I better ask for final thoughts. Melissa, final thoughts on Man on Wire. Oh, goodness. Um, hmm. I was just trying... <laughs> I was just trying to think what we're going to do next, because we never talked about it. Well, we but, did, we did. <laughs> okay. Oh, we did? Yeah. Yeah, oh, we did? Yeah, we're going to do yeah. a mockumentary next. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> wow! Great. So, so yeah. So, since I'm totally stalled out, uh, final thoughts from anybody else? Jenna, um, I couldn't help uh, because I grew up at the Renaissance Festival. Every time we went up on that rope, I just I would have a little flash of Tui. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, I've seen this before. Just, yeah, you know, blah rope walker juggling right, blah whatever <laughs> carnies. You could. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There, there is a lot of the carny sense in, yeah. in all these people in the movie. So yeah. if, you've, if you've ever dealt with carnies or festies, yeah, there, there's carnies a lot of familiarity there. Yeah. So yes, our, we're taking for our inspiration for our next movie uh, that we just watched a documentary. So we're going to watch a mockumentary. Which for what? those of you that are not well aware, it's basically doing a documentary except it's a fake documentary it's mm-hmm. not not something that wait a minute you're gonna have to explain this to me then i just did anyway oh. <laughs> so what we're going to do is uh we, we kind of work through some mockumentaries that we really like and uh some of them jenna has seen but we understand she has not seen a mighty wind i have not a mighty wind so the next time we get together we three gather we will be talking about a mighty wind so we hope you come back and join us for that um, until next time, I've been Tim. I've been Melissa. I'm still Jenna. And you can listen to Melissa's other movie podcast, uh, Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome, over at ZanaduCinemaPleasureDome.com. <laughs> and ZanaduCinema.com. Uh, they talk a lot about a lot more movies than we do, and they drink a lot more wine than we do. So Much more wine. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> other than that, we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee, dee.